Good afternoon. On the update this Wednesday, it truly is a difference in opinion. A wealthy benefactor of the disgraced leader of an upstate New York self-improvement group is now facing sentencing in a federal sex slave case. Her lawyers want three years probation. Prosecutors want five years in jail. Uh, We'll have the latest details. In the debate last night, the president continued his assaults on the integrity of the U.S. elections, spreading falsehoods about the security of voting and misrepresenting issues with mail ballots. We'll take a bit of a closer look. The Yankees pounded Cleveland Shane Bieber and opened the playoffs with a resounding win, one win away from the American League Division Series. And speaking of the debate between the president and Joe Biden, uh, it was just full of words. It deteriorated into bitter taunts and near chaos. Uh, This is the update. Uh, Wednesday, September the 30th, uh, 2020. This is the update with Brandon Julian reporting tonight on the road. And a very pleasant Wednesday to all of you. Brandon Julian here, the host of The Update. Happy Hump Day to all of you at our normal home, Empire Outlets, home away from home that nearly overlooks uh, lower Manhattan and the uh, skyline. Anybody see that debate? The debate, it was... um, it was uh, it was full of words. Let's just say that it was definitely full of words, and we will uh, talk about that a little bit later on. There is there is lots of news to get to, though, of course, including the latest coronavirus developments. We're going to begin this Wednesday, however, with a wealthy benefactor of the disgraced leader of an upstate New York self improvement group. Uh, He's now facing sentencing in a federal sex slave case. Seagram's liquor fortune heiress, Claire Bronfman, is due to appear today in Brooklyn Federal Court. Her lawyers want her to get only three years of probation. Prosecutors say, though, that she deserves five years behind bars for her support of Keith Rainier. You may remember that Rainier was convicted of charges last year, accusing him of turning some of his followers into sex slaves branded with his initials. On to some of the other news of this Wednesday. And a former Wall Street trader has now been sentenced to five years in jail for after admitting to defrauding investors of $19 million in a Ponzi scheme. 71-year-old Paul Rinfred was sentenced on Monday in Manhattan Federal Court. The sentencing followed his October guilty plea to wire and securities fraud. U.S. District Judge Gregory Woods imposed the sentence. Prosecutors say Renette Rinfred, I should say, carried out the fraud from at least 2016 through 2019. They say he used money from investors on a nearly $50,000 Hamptons vacation rental. In a letter to the judge, Rinfred had said he had made some terrible mistakes. 
let's talk the latest coronavirus developments now. And uh, officials here in the city are saying that they're going to start issuing fines in several Orthodox Jewish neighborhoods to people who are refusing to wear masks and could order further crackdowns, including the including the closing of non-essential businesses. The mayor said yesterday that officials have sent sent sound trucks and teams of outreach workers and contact tracers to the nine Brooklyn and Queens zip codes that have seen an uptick in positive COVID tests. The nine zip codes accounted for 25% of the city's positive tests in the last two weeks, though they are collectively home to just 7% of the city's population. take a little bit of a closer look tonight about uh, the issues with mail ballots, because in the first presidential debate yesterday, the president continued his assault on the integrity of the U.S. elections, spreading falsehoods about the security of voting and misrepresenting issues with mail ballots. In the final segment of that contentious debate between Trump and Joe Biden, Trump launched into an extended argument against mail voting, claiming it's ripe for fraud and suggesting mail ballots may be, quote, manipulated. But Trump's riff was laden with misstatements and inaccuracies. Mail voting has proved to be safe and secure in the five states that already use it broadly. And while some irregularities and errors have occurred in the early vote, Trump mischaracterized those incidents. We are going to talk about some about an error in absentee ballots, though, in just a moment. But first, elementary school students, they've started going back to the classrooms across the city in a high-stakes test for the nation's big, biggest public school system. Uh, yesterday's reopening happened as the mayor warned that a recent rise in coronavirus cases was cause for concern. Students and parents who opted for a brick-and-mortar school greeted the twice-delayed date with enthusiasm, relief, and some trepidation. Uh, The city, of course, has over one million public school students. Families have the option of choosing all remote learning, and nearly half have done so. Other students chose to learn sometimes in classrooms and sometimes at home. On the road to this election in November, uh, there have been nearly 100,000 New York City voters. They've received absentee ballots with the wrong names and addresses on the return envelopes. The faulty ballots sent to voters in Brooklyn could result in people's votes being voided if they sent them in without realizing the envelope bore a different name. The City Board of Elections is blaming the problem on the vendor that was contracted to print and mail the ballots for voters in Brooklyn and Queens. Board of Elections head Michael Ryan says the proper ballots and envelopes will get to the voters before the November 3rd election. The organizers of the Al Smith Dinner are saying that the president will be in virtual attendance tomorrow as the annual city event is moving mostly online because of the pandemic, of course. Organizers say that they expect Joe Biden to attend, but it's unclear if he has confirmed that he actually will. 
the White Tie Al Smith Dinner, which raises funds for Catholic charities, is usually held at a Manhattan hotel on the third Thursday in October. But a scaled-down in-person event for 50 people at a public garden in the Bronx was also scrapped after state officials raised virus safety concerns. Typically, when the event is held in an election year, it's meant to promote congeniality and good humor among political rivals. To Long Island we go now, out of Sound Beach, where a man has been convicted of running a sex trafficking ring out of his elderly parents' sprawling suburban home has now been sentenced to nine and a half years in prison. Raymond Rodeo III, age 49, was arrested in April of last year and pleaded guilty back in February to charges including sex trafficking and promoting prostitution. Uh, He was sentenced yesterday. After completing his prison sentence, Rodeo must register as a sex offender and spend five years under court supervision. A prosecutor said Rodeo recruited women through social media, got them hooked on heroin or crack cocaine, and forced them to have sex with men in the basement of the home or at nearby motels. Back here in the city in Brooklyn where there was a tragedy as the NYPD says that an armored truck struck and killed a seven-year-old girl riding on a scooter. The truck hit the girl shortly after 4 o'clock Monday afternoon. She was crossing Bay 23rd Street in the Bath Beach section. The girl was identified as seven-year-old Sama Ali. She was taken to a local hospital where she was pronounced dead. The driver remained at the scene and was not charged. Canada-based Grotta World, the maker of the truck, says the company is conducting an eternal investigation into the fatal collision. Company officials say that they are, quote, deeply saddened by news of the crash. And finally, to the state capitol in Albany we go. But the governor is raising the alarm about the emergence of a handful of coronavirus hotspots. The governor said on Monday that just 10 zip codes represent a quarter of the state's new infections in recent testing. New York has reported just over 11,500 new infections over the past two weeks. He also said that the state has 200 rapid testing machines available. A disproportionate number of new cases, though, have come from a handful of communities in and north of New York City that are home to many Orthodox Jews. Uh, Cuomo warned that he could close schools where too many people are testing positive. Time for us to step aside for a moment. When we return on the update this uh, Wednesday, uh, we are going to uh, we have a couple important messages to tell you about from the MTA. We're going to talk some sports and talk about how the Yankees just beat uh, beat up the Indians. Uh, we'll talk about what happened on this day in history. And then we will address the latest national news. Uh, that Democratic debate, excuse me, the presidential debate, it was, uh, it was full of words. That's about as kind of way as we can put it. It was full of words. We'll, we'll sort of try to break down what happened. That and more when the update of Brandon Julian returns in just a moment. 
From the streets of New York to wherever you are, the update with Brandon Julian will be right back. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first job? Not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters. Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner. Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat. Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happen to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. This is a reminder for you to help stop the spread of COVID-19. When you ride the subway or bus, you must wear a mask or covering that protects your nose and mouth for your entire trip. It's the law and also a sign of respect to your fellow passengers. Thank you for riding with them. As a reminder, also, the fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.75. Transfers must be requested upon payment of cash fare. On select bus service, pay at the kiosks outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip. The fare on express buses is $6.75. Coins will no longer be accepted as payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. Uh, Let us talk some sports uh, on this Wednesday. And those Yankees, uh, they pounded Cleveland ace Shane Bieber, and they opened the playoffs with a resounding 12-3 win over the Indians. Aaron Judge had a two-run homer in the first to set the tone against Bieber, who was arguably baseball's best best pitcher during the condensed regular season. Glaber Torres, who went four for four, hit another two-run shot in the fifth to chase Bieber from the game. The right-hander gave up a season-high seven runs and nine hits. On the opposite side, Garrett Cole struck out 13 without a walk in his playoff debut for the Yankees. who signed him to a $324 million free agent contract this past winter. The The Yankees can win the best of three series tonight. And also, finally... Miguel Andujar has been left off the Yanks roster for the first-round playoff series against the Indians. First baseman Mike Ford made the 28-man roster, as did left-hander Jordan Montgomery. 
uh, and Duhar hurt a shoulder last year and lost the third base job to Gio Urshela, then returned from surgery and hit 242 with one homer and five RBIs in 62 at-bats. He last played on September 13th and was optioned to the altern- alternate, tra- alternate training site two days later. Montgomery is a bullpen option, likely as a long reliever, and Ford a left-handed bat off the bench and a backup to Luke Foyt. So those Yanks will try to eliminate the Indians tonight. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka will get the ball in that start. When we return on the update this Wednesday, uh, we're going to talk about what happened on this day in history. And then we are going to address the uh, latest national news, including how the president, we mentioned a moment, we mentioned a moment ago. Uh, actually, we'll go to say it. We'll talk about how a federal judge has halted the major fee increases for citizenship and other immigration benefits three days before they were to take effect. Uh, we will address that and more uh, when the update with Brandy Julia returns in just a moment. From the streets of New York to wherever you are, the update with Brandon Julian will be right back. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. Okay, River. Dude. How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you here? Cool. Who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, Oak Tree? What's up? Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like. Consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, Turtle. Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think he would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel. Has anybody seen Mr. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Paging common sense. Paging common sense. Is there any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Welcome back to the aforementioned update with Brandon Julian. Wednesday here in the big city. Again, happy hump day to all of you out there. We're almost through the week. And we're out of this month after today. Yes, it is the last day of the month of September. Don't you remember? See what I did there without getting copyrights in front. Anyway. <laughs> no, but we are um, uh, tomorrow. We will be in October. Yes, yes. That means we are going to be in spooky season. Me and my wife are already prepared for spooky season. We already got our costumes down packed. I tell you, if uh, if they were to remake the Purge for this year. Like if they were to film the movie about the purge, it would have been so accurate. I can't can't even lie about that. <laughs> I can't even tell you what my wife is dressing up as in terms of her costume, but I'll tell you. If you were to see her, you would be scared. Like I'm scared of my wife, and not for the reasons you that you would think, but <laughs> 
Like, if you were to, like, if I see my wife in the costume that she has prepared, I would piss, I would piss my pants and then just start running in the other direction. And I'm not making that up either. <laughs> Why don't we talk about what happened on this day in history for the September the 30th? The highlight of his day came in 1938, where after co-signing the Munich Agreement, allowing Nazi annexation of Czechoslovakia's as Sudanland, British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain said, quote, I believe it is peace for our time. In 1777, the Continental Congress, forced to flee in the face of advancing British forces, moved to York, Pennsylvania. In 1791, Mozart's opera The Magic Flute premiered in Vienna, Austria. In 1912, the Columbia School of Journal the Columbia Journalism School, I should say, in New York held its first classes. In 1939, the first college football game to be televised was shown on experimental station W2XB W2XBS. There we go. In New York, as Fordham University defeated Waynesburg College 34 to 7. In 1949, the Berlin Airlift came to an end. In 1955, actor James Dean was killed in a two-car collision near Chalom, California at the age of 24. In 1962, James Meredith, a black student, was escorted by federal marshals to the campus of Mississippi, to the University of Mississippi, where he enrolled for classes the next day. Uh, Meredith's presence sparked rioting that claimed two lives. In 1972, Roberto Clemente hit a double against John Matlack of the Mets during Pittsburgh's 5-0 victory at Three Rivers Stadium. The hit was the 3,000th and last for the Pirate Star. In 1984, the, mur- the mystery series Murder, She Wrote, starring Angela Lansbury, premiered on CBS. In 2001, under threat of U.S. military strikes, Afghanistan's hardline Taliban ruler said explicitly for the first time that Osama bin Laden was still in the country and that they knew where his hideout was located. In 2014, the first case of Ebola diagnosed in the U.S. was confirmed in a patient who had recently traveled from Liberia to Dallas. Also, California Governor Jerry Brown signed the nation's first statewide ban on single-use plastic bags at convenience and grocery stores. And in 2018, U.S. and Canadian officials announced an agreement for Canada to take part in a newly revamped North American free trade deal with the U.S. and Mexico. The new agreement will be called the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, or USMCA, and would take effect on July 1st of 2020. When we return on the update of this Wednesday, uh, we will address the latest national news, including how about two and a half million more working age Americans were uninsured last year, even before this pandemic struck. We'll address that and more when the update with Brian and Julian returns in just a moment. From the streets of New York to wherever you are, the update with Brian and Julian will be right back. Okay, men, this is your time. 
Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're gonna go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. I know you won't, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Listen to us on Mixcloud to learn more about the stories that matter to you. And did you miss out on any episode of The Update? Listen to us anytime at Mixcloud.com slash the WKRB Update. Welcome back to The Update, Brandon Julian, everyone. On this Wednesday, shockingly, there's not a lot of national news to talk about probably because everybody is still uh, getting hell for that debate. What's we're going to lead off with, actually? The presidential debate last night between President Trump and Joe Biden, it was, um, it was full of words. Uh, uh, it deteriorated, honestly, into bitter taunts and chaos. Trump, in particular, repeatedly interrupted his opponent with angry and personal comments that sometimes overshadowed the sharply different visions that each man has of a nation facing historic crises. There were heated clashes over the president's handling of the pandemic, the integrity of the election results, deeply personal attacks about Biden's family, and how the Supreme Court will shape the future of the nation's health care. Trump also con- refused to condemn white supremacists who have supported him, telling one such group known as the Proud Boys to, quote, stand back and stand by. Out west in San Diego, California, a federal judge there has halted major fee increases for citizenship and under immigration benefits three days before they were to take effect. U.S. District Judge Jeffrey White says at least says the last two chiefs of the Homeland Security Department were likely appointed illegally. He also says that the Trump administration failed to justify its decision as required under federal rulemaking. Uh, fees were set to increase by an average of 20%. Changes were to include a first-ever fee for applying for asylum of $50. The fee to become a naturalized citizen was set to jump to $1,170 from 640 And finally, we're going to go to Washington, where about 2.5 million more working-age Americans were uninsured last year, even before the pandemic struck. Uh, that's can, according to a study issued today by the Center by the CDC. The report finds that 14.5% of adults aged 18 to 64 were uninsured last year. That change is a statistically significant increase from 2018, when only 13.3% lacked coverage. The increase in the uninsured rate came even as the economy was chugging along in a period of low low unemployment. 
The situation, of course, has only worsened since COVID began to spread and forced a sudden economic shutdown that left millions out of work. And in the words of Walter Cronkite, that is the way it is. Wednesday, September the 30th, 2020. That is the update on this Wednesday. I'm Brandon Shuley, and we appreciate you joining us. And in the words of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hoping that your news is good news, I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck, be safe, and please be well. Uh, and honey, I wanted us to have some personal time, so I called the, uh, the Hollywood Bowl. Lane 15 is all ours. So quiet that you can hear a pin drop. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. And I'll see you right back here tomorrow.